Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Tuesday. It is Tuesday, <laughs> October the 25th, the year of our Lord, 2022. And you are at Text Talk. <laughs> I, know, I know you like to announce the days, so I just yeah. thought I'd just... Shout Keep it out it real. There. Shout it out there. That Just, gives it an immediacy and an urgency. Yeah, especially if they're not reading and listening to this until like Friday, December 3rd or whatever. Well, <laughs> I know, yeah, whenever they Ooh, jump into oh, it. Oh, I'm behind. But see, then all of our, uh, you know, timely illustrations make so much sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when we spend that time talking about the latest TikTok trend. <laughs> but that, that was... was that was that was six months ago. That's ancient history. Yeah, yeah. We got to be careful with that. Got to be careful with that. So let's talk about Psalm sixty-one because that, even though that's ancient history, that is perfectly relevant. Well, that's the beauty about timeless. Yes, timeless, transcendent truth, which is God's word. Yeah. So as we're as we're talking about prayer, I noticed some things about geography, or at least a statement about geography in connection with prayer. So why don't you read Psalm sixty-one? Let's see if we can talk about that. In Psalm 61 from the New King James Version, to the chief musician on a string instrument, a psalm of David. Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life, his years, as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. So I will praise to your name forever, that I may daily perform my vows." Smack in the middle of this, he says, you've given me the heritage of those who fear your name. I, yes. In our conversation yesterday, I said that there's some overlap. There's some connection between the two psalms. I think this is one of the main places where we see it. You've given me the heritage, between. the inheritance of those who fear your name. Back in Psalm 60 and verse 4, you have set up a banner for those who fear you. We, we recognize this connection between those who fear God, who fear his name, who reverence, who give him awe. Yeah. They, they run to him for refuge. They, they seek protection from him. They go to him in prayer. Uh, last week when we were talking about Psalm 60, one, to me, one of the just stellar discoveries in that psalm was that David, as he was considering having been defeated by Edom— that he didn't give right. credit to the Edomite gods, and he yeah. didn't abandon God, and he didn't decide God wasn't there. What he did was he doubled down on faith in God and God's word and God's promises and went to him in prayer. Yeah, And I think about the fact that, well, the, the defeat from Edom was way down south— but David and his army were, were way up north. Right. Okay. And I know you're going to comment on where my hands are and how people can't see it because we don't have video. I don't have yet. to. You, you beat me to the punch. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you could read my facial expressions. This is really hilarious. But I, I appreciate it. It benefits me. <laughs> so here he is way up in the north and the struggle is way down south. 
And here in Psalm 61, which it wouldn't surprise me at all if Psalm 61 was written at the same time, but with a different facet, a different angle, with the confidence, with the with more of the trust and the faith that God is going to to be with him, wouldn't surprise me a bit. But again, going back to what we learned in the last Psalm, here's David all the way at the other end of Israel, mm-hmm. but what's he still doing? Yeah, in Psalm, I know he's doing it in Psalm 60. He's praying. Yeah. Psalm 61, wherever he is in relation to whatever problem he's facing, I notice that he says this, from the end of the earth. Yes. Or that word there is often even translated land, end from the land. end of the land, mm-hmm. which, which would even give us the picture of, you know, look, I am at the extreme part of the land. Like, yeah. And I'm still praying to you, yeah, and uh, th- this just this concept of I can pray anywhere, yeah, with a confidence that God can hear me. You know, this speaks to the omniscience of God that uh, wherever we are, there He is as well. Yes, and He has inclined His ear to hear His people in that moment. The omniscience, the omnipresence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and eternal. Really, this, this, if if it's wherever I am, it's also whenever I am. Yeah, that's true too. So it, it's not it's not that uh, tomorrow when. I'm here in Florida, that God is actually tomorrow going to be in Washington State at the other end of the country, and he can't hear me. You know, that makes me think of Elijah when Mm. he was in that competition with the prophets of Baal, recall in 1 Kings chapter 18, where there had been a famine, and now Elijah is called Ahab, and he's called these prophets of Baal, and they make these altars and have a competition, we'll cry out to our God, and whichever one lights the fire is the one that we'll know as God. And so the Baal prophets make their altar, they set their sacrifice, and they pray, and they cry, and they dance, and they scream, and they holler, and they cut themselves, and nothing happens. Then in 1 Kings chapter 18 uh, and verse 27, Elijah mocks them. He taunts them. Here's, here's what he says, according to the ESV. Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he's musing, or he's relieving himself, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. Uh, I, I know there are some colorful things that are being talked about here. The one I want to focus on is he's on a journey. Ah. He's on a journey. Mm-hmm. You guys need to cry louder because here we are uh, on this yeah. mountain in Samaria, and maybe where Baal is, is is over in Babylon. It's some great mocking and trash talking of another religion. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's really letting them have it. He does let those he, idolaters have it. And he's, he's, he's saying, look, maybe your God has gone on a journey, and your God can't hear because he's not here with us. Maybe if you yell louder right. way over there where he is in Babylon or Assyria or I mean, Damascus yeah. or or you know, down in Edom, wherever he's... Across the river. Maybe he'll hear because he's gone on a journey. And what Elijah is actually saying about Yahweh is, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. God is everywhere. Yeah, you know, I love Psalm 19 in the opening lines of it that talks about the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, their words to the end of the world. That God has not left himself without witness even in this creation. That wherever we go, we see the handiwork of God. We look up at night and see the handiwork of God. And it should teach us again and again that God is there, that God is present, and so we can speak to him. One of my favorite illustrations about this, I love this story, that uh, there were some kids in line at lunch. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and as they're walking through the lunch line, right at the front door of that line, there's this basket of just beautiful, juicy apples. I mean, you know, the kind of apple that when you eat it, it just gets all down your arm. You basically have to go take a bath afterwards. It's just just <laughs> delicious. And one of the teachers, which of course this is not today, this would have been years ago, one of the teachers wrote on a card, take only one, God is watching and so they go through the lunch line and they get all their stuff and then they get to the other end of the lunch line and right before they're going to pay, there's a basket where somebody has brought in amazing chocolate chip cookies. Uh-huh. I mean, the kind that never get hard and crusty and crunchy, but they're just soft and chewy and you bite into them and the chocolate strings and that's just, and you, oh. and uh, one of the kids had flipped the note over on that one and said, take all you want. God's watching the apples. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. That's that's the way we sometimes think about God. Well, if he's over there watching the apples, he can't be watching the cookies. Or if he's watching the cookies, he can't be watching the apples. We serve a God who can watch the cookies and the apples at the same time, who is yeah. everywhere, who is in all places. He's omnipresent. He's left himself a witness everywhere. I can see his handiwork everywhere. And all of that is a, a testimony to the fact that he is everywhere. He is here. Now, this is not to say that he is the pantheistic God that is everything. Can, yeah. we, can we make a distinction about that? I think we should. The pantheistic God, the God of the Hindus and the Buddhists and the New Agers, that is the God that is everything. So their claim that God is everywhere because, he, because everything that exists actually makes up God. That is not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is a personal, distinct being. Yes. From all, he is creator and we are all creation, but because of his infinite nature, he is everywhere, and he hears every prayer, and how amazing that is, no matter where I am, whether I'm on the mountaintop or I'm in my closet at home, yeah. God hears. And to circle back around to the Elijah Baal story, you know, the, the idea of the Baals is that they would come and go with the seasons. They were fertility gods, and so they would come and act and make the crops to grow, but but then they would be gone, you know, in, in other months, you know, when it when it's wintertime and so forth. And so, you know, that whole idea of a, of a transient god or even a cyclical god. So it's correct. It's not that it's pantheistic. God is in everything. But it's also not this concept of... of uh, you know, that, polytheistic. Yeah, exactly. Polytheistic. Yeah. That God is limited to a region. God is limited to a power, you know, that, and the, and the polytheism is like that. You know, if, if there's going to be thunder and lightning, well, that's got to be one God. If it's mm. going to be crops, it's got to be another God and so forth. And that is a mistaken as well, because what, what does he say here? From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. We are never beyond his hearing, either in place or in time season. Which again ties us back to Psalm 60, that all that geography language that we learned about last week, yes. where it was Shechem and Sukkot, Gilead, Manasseh, Ephraim, Judah, but also Edom and Moab and Philistia, all of that is God's. He is God over all of that. He's not just God in the plains. Mm-hmm. He's not just God of the hills. He is God everywhere over all things. Therefore, we can pray to him everywhere. Yes. Psalm 139. Uh, I know that for a lot of my life, Psalm 139, verse 7 and following was a little bit scary. 
Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day. The darkness is as light with you. Here's what he's saying. It was scary to me because for the longest time, if I view God as kind of the boogeyman who's out to get me, then I read this paragraph as, well, no matter where I go, he's going to see what I'm doing. But when God is my king, when he's my Lord, when he's what I long for and I love and I, and I know I need his refuge and I need his presence and I need his strength in my life, this passage actually becomes a great comfort because it says no matter where I am, He's there with me. Right. I can pray to him. I'm a branch that needs to abide in the vine, and my vine is everywhere. So I can abide in him no matter where I am, and he will listen and respond. What a great, great principle. You know, you were talking about it. I don't know. Did you say it was troubling to you when you were younger? Or Yeah, it was a little yeah. frightening. Frightening, yeah. He's and, everywhere. I can't get away with anything. And I think that is really about our attitude. If we want him, isn't this encouraging? Yes. He's everywhere. Yeah. And if, if we do not want him, it is frightening because he is inescapable. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. It really does. What Which angle? Which, which What's our attitude? Weeks, what's our disposition to God? A couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the imprecatory psalms, you said, you know, your view of this psalm is going to depend on what seat you're sitting in. <laughs> exactly. And really what we find out is all of them are like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's some psalms that are exceedingly comforting. If I'm in the seat of, of God, with God, wanting to be with God, if I'm listening to the counsel of the ungodly and walking in the way of sinners and sitting in the seat of scoffers, suddenly passages like Psalm 139 become frightening. And with this psalm uh, that we're talking about this week, Psalm 61, it is a lot about prayer and votive offerings and worship, singing to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is this would be the encouraging one. <laughs> this is where well, we, is. we want to approach God and, and honor Him. Just something as you were making that comment, I know we need to wrap up, that I just noticed I hadn't thought about. But he says, I pray to you from the end of the earth, let me dwell in your tent forever. You know, there's a certain sense which, where we might think that being in the tent would have been better and would have made prayer better. But whether he was in the tent or he was at the ends of the earth, God is there. Yeah. God is listening. No matter where I am, he hears. But you do have you do have in that the desire to be as close to him as oh, possible. Yes. yes, yes. And with the tent of worship, there was the seat of God in the land. And I think for us in heaven, it's the idea of seat of God for eternity. Yeah, good point. Good yeah. point. Absolutely. Well, we do need to wrap up. In fact, let's go ahead and pray here in our little studio, because even though folks are listening to us in Tanzania and England I believe they and are. Washington State— Here we are praying, and he's listening to all of us pray where we are. God, thank you so much for being God. Thank you for acting in accord with your nature and your power. Thank you for your promises, and thank you for the promise about prayer and your promise to hear our prayers. Lord, we know that you will hear, you do hear, you have heard, and so we keep lifting up our prayers to you. And we ask that you would be our refuge, that you would be our protection, our strong and mighty tower, our salvation. And we pray that you would lead us into your presence so that forever and ever at your right hand, we may sing praises to you and offer our vows and our our thanksgiving and that we might serve you faithfully, accomplishing your will for all eternity. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. 
You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.